Hey guys, welcome back to Handling It. I'm your host, Catherine, and as you know, I thought I had my life all figured out, and then I realized I actually didn't. But I'm handling it, and one of the best ways I've learned how to do that is to talk with others about how they're handling their own lives. So before we kick off the episode, I wanted to share that there's been a lot going on with handling it over the past few months. We've been creating so many new episodes, we're expanding our content now online, launching our website, and we're also conducting Instagram live conversations throughout each month, and I've noticed that we're also attracting new listeners, which is so great. So for anyone who is new to the podcast, welcome and thank you for joining. I'm Catherine, a young 20-something who, like many, is still trying to figure out life. I went from having every detail of my life planned out to suddenly not having a clue what I actually wanted to do and where I wanted to go. But I realized that no one has it all figured out and there's no right or wrong way to go about your life. We're all handling it, me especially. So in order to help motivate and inspire myself and others, I converse with various working professionals about their careers and how they're handling life themselves. And this week, I'll be talking with comedian Mia Jackson, who's made such a name for herself over the past few years. Mia's toured nationally with comic Amy Schumer. She's performed at a number of festivals and had her own stand-up specials air on platforms like Comedy Central and Epics. And she was also a semi-finalist on NBC's Last Comic Standing. I personally love comedy. I've been to a few comedy clubs in the past and have even seen some comics on tour. So I'm really excited to chat with Mia about her career in comedy and how she's handling quarantine, given that this profession involves performing for other people. I'm really excited for you all to hear from Mia. So you know what to do. Turn up the volume, get comfortable, and I hope you enjoy. All right. Well, Mia Jackson, thank you so much for coming on and talking with us today. Well, thank you for having me. (laughs) Of course. So for those who don't know, you are a Georgian native. You've toured nationally with Amy Schumer. You were a semi-finalist on NBC's Last Comic Standing, and you even had a special on Comedy Central air last fall. So needless to say, the past couple years have been busy. You've been having a lot going on, which is exciting. Yeah, it's been fun. So fun. Yeah. Awesome. So I think let's just start at the very beginning. I mean, how, what made you decide to become a comic? How was that journey like for you? Oh, look, I'm like, let's see, where do I start? Well, let's see. Okay. So now as a, as a kid, and I mean, like, like, you know, I'm talking elementary school, I've I never was the type of person that was like, oh my God, I'm going to be a stand-up comic. Because, you know, I didn't, right. you know, I, I'd seen stand-up on TV, but it never connected. Like, oh, that's someone's job. Like, oh, that person just, they're just there and they do that thing. And I don't know what that thing is. They just, that's their job. They're famous. Like, that's that's how it, that's how it looked <laughs> to me. And then I um, probably, like, middle school, high school, that's when I started watching a lot of stand-up shows or and I'd probably even say as early as like probably even late elementary and I would watch things and I would think it was so funny. And one of my cousins, we, um, up until that time we were, um, I, we were both only children. So we would call each other. I mean, I have a sister that was born a little bit after that, but, um, we would call each other cause we didn't have siblings. So we would call each other and be like, Oh my God, did you watch this show? Or did and we would repeat, you know, whatever, whatever comedian we saw, like, oh my God, this is so funny. And this person said this, and we would just go back and forth. So that's when I was started to love, love comedy. And then um, probably around the time I got to college, and I would still watch stand up and I would, I would go to shows at, at my college. It was the first time I'd seen 
live stand up. And even then it was still like, mm-hmm. my school brought this cool person here. Oh, you know, like that, that's how it was. Right. And, and then I think I'd seen some interview or something and like Chris Rock was in this interview and he was like, you know, if anybody, if you want to be a stand up comedian, he's like, you have to write, you have to write all the time. And then I'm like, Oh, is that what they, is that what they're doing? They write all the time. And I remember seeing that and then just seeing an open mic. And then somewhere along those lines, I went, Ooh, I want to sign up for an open mic. And I remember reading that interview when Chris Rock was like, you got to write all the time. So I guess I got to start writing too. And then I just started writing stuff in a little notebook. And then I dared myself to go to an open mic. And that's how it all started. <laughs> Amazing. Well, it's hard to, depending, you know, growing up in an area, for me at least, in sort of rural Pennsylvania, I mean, there's no open mics. <laughs> it's just not the place for it. Right. So, yeah. yeah. It wasn't until I went to New York, I went to New York for college, and like you said, comics would come for certain events, and then it started becoming a thing where my friends and I, we got to a point where we're like, let's go downtown, like, let's go see, <laughs> you know, a show, and, you know, see what it's all about, and it, it really does open you up to this whole new world. Yeah, for sure, and um, yeah, like, for me, it was more, because the, the, the town where I went to college, I went to college at um, University of Georgia, and it's known for, it's a music town. So a lot of, um, started there. I think it was like the, um, I think REM and just, oh, um, wow. and God, who else was it? The, is it B-52s? I B-52s, think they started, yeah. Yeah. yeah so like, or either, either, either they started or they were just, so, cause it's such a big music town. So there mm-hmm. are a lot of, so that's what they were known for. They weren't known for, for comedy, but they would also have music open mics. And then I guess somewhere along the lines, people would go, Hey, what well, can I do? Comedy on some of these shows. So, so you would see these little open mics popping up, and it was still not a comedy town, but it was still known, you know, for for performances. So people were used to, oh, I'm gonna go do a, you know, singer songwriter night. So that kind of stuff would happen. And then I was so close to Atlanta that it was easy to get to, to go to, like they actually had comedy clubs in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. So, and then that scene just grew, and then I just started showing up in Atlanta all the time and stuff until I eventually became a part of the Atlanta comedy scene. Sure. Yeah, Yeah. it really is like a window to a world. Like, I I remember going to my first show in uh, New York and just all the different acts and everybody, like, it really is so crazy and, like, what an interesting (laughs) industry and... Yeah, I feel like you wouldn't really know about it unless you're in a city with, you know, the space and the ability to to see shows. So Yeah, and and that's what's so great about New York because it's everywhere. Like it's there are clubs, it's bar shows, it's the you know, it's you know, somebody's like, Oh, come into this coffee shop and then there's a back room and a coffee shop and you're like, This is a oh, this is a full showroom. Like I thought this was just a coffee shop. What is going on? So comedy's everywhere in New York. It's great. Oh sure. Well, and you talked a little bit ago about your writing and, you know, writing your jokes and material. So I came across, I was telling you before, I came across uh, a bit of yours on YouTube and I'm going to be linking a bunch of, of stuff of yours on YouTube for people to see in the episode description cool. so they can check it out. But I came across 
one of your bits where you talk about being tall, and I've talked about this on the podcast before, I am tall. So when you come across someone who is equally, <laughs> you know, we share the same height, it's such a magical moment. Um, and so you do, you talk a lot about yourself and your writing. So is that, do you also, when you're writing your material, do you really focus on personal experiences? Do you focus on people you've met throughout your life? Like, I guess, what do you find best when you're writing? So it's a, a lot of it is, um, yeah, a lot of it is very personal. And that's why I keep going, man, I need to get married or pop out a baby or something so I can do 30 more minutes of new material. I'm like, I keep running out of life experiences. But uh, yeah, a lot of it is just about like, oh, like, you know, a lot of comedians, like we're observers, you know, we are paying attention to everything that's going on in the world. But then I'm also going, well, how did I react to this thing that happened? So a lot of it is, you know, very much like, oh, you know, I'm this tall woman and people will see me and they're like, oh, I'm not used to this height. And then I just, you know, like to watch how people react to me. Then I go, this is such a crazy thing that I can't be the only person that this happened to. And then even if I'm talking about it from the context of being tall, there's also got to be somebody else that can relate to just, oh, this is a weird person that said this thing to me that doesn't make any sense. Like we've all like, that's a very similar, you know, experience we all have to deal with where you're like, how did I end up in this conversation? Or why did you say this to me? Or what? You know, and I just, I like to, to play off the fact that people see me and just don't know how to react. Cause you know, as a, as a fellow tall, you know, how oh, yes. it where it's the, <laughs> when you're like freaking tall and <laughs> you meet someone who doesn't know you or. Uh, the questions, the com I mean, it's the comments, it's always like, so like basketball, volleyball, like what sport did you want? <laughs> yes. Every, every single time, every time and I'm like, I say it's like a talking? weird form of cat calling. I can't tell you the multiple, like how many men have come <laughs> up to me at rant, like the grocery store, like at church, like random place. And just like, Hey, what sports did you play in uh, high school? Did you yeah. play anything in college? Like, <laughs> yes every every time I mean it's it I cannot I cannot count the number of times I remember one time I was when I was in college um my friends we one of my friends she's much shorter than me and mm -hmm. we were trying to get into this party and we saw the girls basketball team going in <laughs> and she was like look I just need you just to walk right in right behind them so we can both get in and the guy at the door, when I say he didn't even bat an eye, he just goes, he's like, oh, yeah, all right. And he was like, are you on the team too? And then she just goes, yeah. He was like, all right. Like, he was like, he was looking at her like, I know you're lying. This one probably isn't, but I know you are, you know, but he still just let us in anyway because he's like, I just saw a whole, like, slew of tall women all walk in. Clearly, she must be with them, you know, and he didn't even, right. you know. I know it brings about like the weirdest advantages. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I, I don't know if this happens to you, but it, I've been asked a lot in stores where people are like, Hey, I know you don't work here, but could you get that off that shelf for me? And I'm like, really? <laughs> I'll never forget. I was in high school and I was in class in like one of my high school classes and someone rang up the teacher's phone. She picked it up and said, Oh, like, Catherine, you're needed down in, you know, whoever's room. I'm like, oh, you know, calling out in the middle of class. I go down there. I walk in. She has a class going on. Class going. She said, 
oh, I'm so sorry. We need these books lifted down. Oh. <laughs> I'm dead serious. My I was like, God. sure. Like, I got them. It was, she was what? right. I was able to reach them. <laughs> like, nobody yeah. else was available. Like, no, like. <laughs> exactly. Like, am I getting in trouble? Like, what's happening? Right. Uh, the weirdest oh. advantages. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. Yeah. It's, <laughs> yeah. But. It's just the craziest thing. Oh, totally. Well, one of the things that I, I'm not sure if you've seen the show, The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. But I have. Yes, yeah. it's such a great show. I think, yeah. at least. I mean, yeah, no, it is. It's a great show. And yeah, so when you were talking about, you know, writing your material and your experiences, that for me, watching that show, it just really got me into the head of a comic. It really allows you to sort of see like what the process is like. Yeah, yeah, it's a and and even from the you know from the time period, you know, where mm-hmm. it's a. It's yeah, focusing on like one, it wasn't a lot of women doing stand up, you know, doing stand up during that time. So it's so in real life, it would have been like it probably you could probably only name like one or two women comics. I think maybe like I think Toadie Fields was one, and then uh Joan Rivers, like in real life during that time, right. and then uh Phyllis Diller. So it wasn't you know, wasn't a lot of women comics, period. So it but it does give a very a real slice of life challenge that sure. women comics have to deal with that's very similar to what's happening now. Sure, yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, it's it's really ridiculous where you're like, that's based in like what, the late sixties or the or the early sixties or late fifties, early sixties? Yeah, exactly. it's yeah, like late sixties I think and early well, yeah. Yeah. In and the 60s. like that should not still be the same way now. <laughs> like, but that's how similar that experience is. But it really does put you you know, in that mindset, like you said, where you can see, like, oh, this is what a comic goes through. Specifically, this is what a woman comic goes through. Right. Well, and I was going to yeah. ask, is that something that you still, I mean, you sort of said it's sort of the same scenario today. I mean, do you find yourself a lot of the time being one of the only female comics in the room? Oh, yeah, it happens. It happens a lot. I mean, and, and luckily, you know, un- unlike during that time period, there are way more women comics. Like, it's just... Mm-hmm. way more but it's still in comparison to how many men are comics the numbers don't even compare but yeah it's been plenty of times where I've been on a lineup and I'm like oh no okay we got six people on the show tonight and no no other no other women none yeah. at all great <laughs> and um there'll be times where I've, I've done shows where I have been on the road and It'll be just me mm-hmm. on that show. And then I'll, you know, people will, oh, are you the, you're the headliner? <sighs> you know, and it's just such, and it's like, you know what year this is? Like, it's still even unfathomable to people in 2020 to go, oh, it's a woman that's a headliner on a show. So a lot of the stuff she deals with still, still very yeah. present. Yeah. Well, it... It is. It's difficult. I feel like that's the case in so many industries. Mm-hmm. And like you said, I mean, we've come a long way. Like, <laughs> there right. is more female representation, but we still have a ways to go, for sure. Oh, it's so, <laughs> so, uh, it's just, it's, it's a lot. It's, it's, it's right. wild. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, have, have there been any, like, really difficult shows? I mean, 
that you've done? Like, is it hard? Like, do you have days where it's just like a bad show? <laughs> oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah. You are you are not a comic unless you have had a bad show. Like, you you just you aren't. And I I, I remember one weekend. This was in Atlanta, and I had to. So they there was already a headliner schedule, but he had to cancel because he booked a movie. So of course mm-hmm. you book a movie. You're gonna do your movie. You don't come do this comedy club. If I had booked the movie, I would have not shown up either. And so they asked me if I could fill in. And I'm like, yeah, for sure. Be, yeah, I would love to do it. So first night, everything's fine. Show's good. Going well. Second night, the air breaks in the building. And it's a gigantic room. And it's just packed full of people. And everybody is drenched. I mean, when I say like it, like the, the I'm up there maybe two, three minutes and I'm like, Oh, Oh yeah. Oh, Already, yeah. I was like, Oh, Oh. And then I, and I see somebody at the front table and they're like, um, what are the wait staff left this towel? Do you want it? And I was like, yes. And so like, I'm taking the towel and just wiping my face and I put the towel down and then pick it back up, start talking again. And it was like nothing it's like no jokes. Like I could get like something would work, but then you could just see everybody was so miserable. It didn't matter how fun, how silly. It was just a miserable experience for everybody. It was probably like the last place people wanted to be. Oh, yeah. And they and then I think they eventually fixed it. So the second show was better, but it was still like nothing I could say worked. And um and then I had one of the one of my pre-quarantine shows. I had, I don't even, uh, I'll try to keep it as vague as possible because I, ha- I don't want this person to get any kind of attention at all. But I was being heckled by a very drunk woman. And she was, because one of the things comics across the world will tell you is that we all hate bachelorette parties. I've heard that a ton. <laughs> oh, they are the worst. And, and I get it. You know, it's like, hey, you're the bride. The attention is on you, but the thing that always blows my mind, I'm always like, why are you here? Go to a strip club. Like, what made you, what made you come see comedy tonight? Right. This is, this is ridiculous. So this woman that was acting ridiculous, she wasn't even the bride. She wasn't even the bride. The bride was, I think was going to be her future, was her future sister-in-law. The bride embarrassed. Like this poor woman is sitting there during the show. Totally. you just see her like visibly taking breaths and just like, Oh my God, wanting to just shrink into her chair. Meanwhile, this other woman is screaming. She's yelling out throughout the show. At one point she even yells out, what if I just come up on stage with you? And I was like, lady, like, no, like you cannot come on stage. And, um, she disrupted the whole show to the point where other people in the audience were turning against her and like and I was able to handle it like I was able to still like jump in and out of material but she was such a distraction that like I could I would start a joke and then have to go please can you stop keep going keep going and I had to keep addressing her the whole show right. and it just was it threw off the rhythm and then I felt bad because all the people who paid to come see a show had to watch this woman yeah, it's just distracting for you, distracting for them. Yeah, like, yeah. Oh, it, was, it was insane. And then post show, she's drunk and right in my face. And then she's like, 
I'm so sorry, but I can tell you're a pro. And then she's like, and she goes, I'm sorry that I just go, but are you? (laughs) And when I said that, that set her off. She started screaming in the lobby and then went and reported me to the managers. She went and reported me and she's and and just straight up lied. Like she went and said that I um she said that I was screaming at her and oh and like people God. in the lobby were like, No, she wasn't. Like, why are you I mean it was it was just that bad. Like she was and she was like, and I, I and I I'm gonna report her and this should have never happened. And and luckily the um one of the people on the show with me, the middle act. He's an attorney. He saw all of it. And so this woman even went and wrote a long complaint after the show. And he was like, hey, attorney here and um, also on the show. And I can report everything that you're saying right now is a lie. But all of that just happened from one person wanting, you know, wanting attention and then just making the show a disaster. So, yeah, yeah, it, it. When you're a comic, stuff like that happens. Well, that's another thing. Like, it also sort of the the status of the show really depends on the audience as well. Like, yeah, you have to be putting out good material, but they also have to be like receptive to hearing it. Yeah. 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 And that that was the thing. Like, cause that was the, the first show, yeah, the, the, the shows the night before fine, fun, the first show that night, fun. And then this woman just, it's just one of those external things that just kind of throws everything off. But, but also just from a performer standpoint, too, I've had nights where I was like, ah, that, I was just off. Like, everything else was fine. I was off. So it, it happens. It happens to all of us. Sure. Well, and like you mentioned, you're doing virtual sort of shows now <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> during this whole pandemic. I mean, how, is, how has that been going? Uh, you know what? I was very against it at first. <laughs> I was like, because I, like, uh, uh, I, I would hear people kind of like, are we going to have to start doing shows on, on zoom? And I'm like, I hope not. Cause I'm not doing it. And I was like, I'm not a singer songwriter. I can't sit here and sing to people. I'm mean, just not going to work. And, um, somebody convinced me to do one. And I was like, fine. And I was like, I'll do it. But instead of taking the traditional approach where I, you know, where I know when I walk it on the stage, just like the way we were talking about, Hey, I'm a tall person. So when I walk out on stage, you see me immediately. I can address it quickly, can get a quick laugh. I can say something about the way I'm dressed. I can say anything and someone can go, oh, yeah, because I see you. You're right in front of me. But this is like, well, I'm sitting in a room with a background and <laughs> you don't know if I have on pants or not. You know, everybody's like, I'm not wearing pants during the quarantine. So you, you don't know what's going on. And I have to tell you that I'm tall. You know, I have to tell you these right. things about me. So like the first few that I did, I went let me do more storytelling as opposed to joke, 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 joke. Like, let me try to just make it more casual. And then after I could get people engaged, then I started going, all right, maybe I can slide in some jokes now. Cause it, it fits. Cause I don't just start right out the gate doing it. Sure. Yeah. I mean, it's a whole different atmosphere and adapting yeah. to that is one thing in itself. Oh, for sure. And it's like, um, and then you have somewhere just like in, you know, live shows, some shows will run really well and some of them are just okay. And then you have some where you right. go, Oh, you don't care at all. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so the ones the, the all the all the ones that have gone really well, they've been the one where there's a person that's a tech person. There's someone who's actually 
checking, you know, to make sure, hey, are your mics good? They're actually checking to see who's in the Zoom and, you know, whether or not people should be in there or not, you know, because people are crazy. Yeah. So, yeah. And then you and I've, and I've had some people even do things like, hey, you know, we got 200 people watching the show. So we're going to ask half of you to mute your mics and then the other half keep them open. But we want the comics to hear you. And, you know, so you're like, oh, OK, cool. They, they care that mm-hmm. I get a response. And you have some that are like, everybody turn it on mute and then you're going so i'm tall and then you're like oh no response (laughs) great and that can throw your timing off (laughs) sure yeah definitely Yeah. yeah it's it's crazy and i it's been interesting to see like you said it maybe it was something you didn't want to do but i feel like now people are sort of adapting into doing a lot of stuff virtually. Like I know people are doing virtual cooking classes and mm-hmm. oh my gosh, the actors and actresses who have been doing Instagram live has never been used more than like in the past month. I know. Oh <laughs> Which my is God. great. It's entertaining like to see people having conversations and especially with what's been going on in our, our country like the past month with like yeah. racial issues and, and talking mm-hmm. about injustices. Like it's been really yeah. nice to see People having conversations, but it's it's just so funny. Like no one else has anything going on. <laughs> yeah, I mean, any I mean, anytime you go on Instagram, you're like, is everybody live? <laughs> Literally, everybody in the world is live right now, and it's just right. yeah, it's a. Uh, I mean, there's clearly a lot to talk about. We are in the midst of a pandemic, civil unrest. Yeah, <laughs> everything that could be happening right now is happening right now. Yeah, we can yeah. hash out a lot. It's I think it's good. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so that's that's been really interesting. I mean, do you see this sort of becoming the new normal for the next couple months in the industry? Oh, I can. Yeah, I mean, a little bit. And at first I was hoping I was like, oh, when will I be able to go back? But then I went, you know what? This is this is not about me. But this is <laughs> people must be safe. We have to be safe. So I think as long as we can't really be out in the world. And as long as things aren't really open the way they used to be, this, this is going to be one of the ways that people get entertainment. And there are people that are starting to do shows like, and I, but I've seen like, you know, shows where people are outside, everybody's far away. I've seen like people doing shows at like drive throughs and, and um, I think they do the sound through the speakers and the, you know, so I've seen yeah. that kind of stuff. And it's like, those are happening, which is, you know, like that, like, that's cool. But I also know for the rest of us that are like, well, I'm so used to being in clubs all the time. Mm-hmm. This is the, this is the alternative. This is, if you're gonna, <laughs> if you're gonna, if you do stand up and you don't do other things. Sure. Zoom yeah. shows it is. Well, I saw a couple weeks ago, I think it was announced in our, the area that I'm in, in Pennsylvania, that Jim Gaffigan is coming to do a, like a drive-in show. And I'm like, that okay. is going to be interesting. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. I have a lot of questions. Like, one, how's it good? Like, what's going to happen? Like, it's just so interesting to see the innovative ways people are mm-hmm. utilizing yeah. their careers and, you know, with everybody in isolation, sort of bringing the entertainment to them, literally. Yeah, uh, yeah. And it's because um, I've seen some of my friends, they've done shows where it's like, oh, I see a picture of them standing on the back of a truck you know, in a parking lot. I'm like, okay, cool. Yeah. All right. Whatever it takes at this point, yeah. my gosh. <laughs> well, 
Yeah, Mia, this was great. Um, but before you go, so with this being handling it, we like to ask, you know, everybody's handling lives in their own way, especially right now. What's a piece of advice or maybe a lesson you've learned throughout your you know, career as a comic that's helped you handle it? Oh, gosh, let me see what's helped what's help me just handle life. I was actually I was telling somebody this yesterday. I said one of the best pieces of advice that I got in comedy um, very early on. Somebody was just like, you know what? Just don't be an ass. <laughs> they were like, just they were like, it's going to make your life a lot easier like people are people who want to work with you if you just be cool like yeah. just, and, and of course you know stand up for yourself but it's very much like hey just be, be easy to work with because when you're easy to work with that's going to get you more work it's going to make people go this is somebody that I know I can partner with I can collaborate with just because you are pleasant yeah <laughs> I mean, simple as that yourself yeah, but just be cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think like always have a good attitude, no matter, yeah. you know, if you're doing a show and you don't want to be there, like, okay, but, you know, people are there to see you, like, have a good attitude, like, be, exactly. yeah, give 10 out of 10 mm-hmm. to every, you know, opportunity you have for sure. It's, yeah, yeah good advice. <laughs> well, Mia, thank you so much. And where thank can you. people find you and, you know, the shows you've been doing virtually? Let's see. Well, when I when I cooperate and update my site like I'm supposed to, it's miajackson.com. And I did, I will admit, I did have a streak where I was like, I'm posting all my live shows and my Zoom shows and then totally forgot during the <laughs> pandemic. But miajackson.com. I'm on Instagram at Mia Comedy, Twitter, Mia Comedy. And then I'm on Facebook. Just, just find Mia Jackson. I'm there somewhere. You can find Amazing. <laughs> and yeah, like I said, I'm going to link up some videos of yours into our episode description so people can check them out and laugh and hopefully it'll bring a little joy and humor to everybody's lives. <laughs> I hope so. I hope yeah. so. We, we need it. Everybody needs like just something right. to make them smile or laugh these days. Uh, whatever we can do right now. All right, I hope you all enjoyed hearing from Mia. I felt like we could all use a laugh right now, but also was so glad to hear her story on how she got involved in comedy because as we talked about, there's certainly a need for more female comics. So thank you, Mia, so much for coming on and thank you listeners so much for tuning in. As always, let me know what you thought of the episode. You can reach us on Instagram at handlingitpodcast and feel free to send us a message and let us hear your thoughts and suggestions. We'll see you next week with a brand new episode, but until then, keep staying safe with everything going on in the world right now and keep handling it. I'll talk to you soon.